Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis. I am part one of the dynamic duo that comes to you every week to talk about Auburn men's basketball. That second part is Mr. Clinton Richardson himself. He is back from his, I guess you call it sabbatical, where he wasn't able to join us this weekend for the game. Welcome back, buddy. Hi. <laughs> you know, I set you up for these like epic introductions, and all I get is hi every single time. Well, and then you call it a sabbatical, and, and I don't know what to, to think of that. Well, you know, I was trying to think of some like you know fancy way of saying you missed the show, just trying to like set you up <laughs> for something epic. Don't try and make yourself sound smarter than you really are. Wow. Shots fired early on in the show. Okay, before it gets any worse, we're here to break down the latest Auburn men's basketball game against Division II Mississippi College. Now, this game, as you can expect, um, was dominated by Auburn. Uh, They ended up winning the game, getting into the century mark, might I add, for the second time by the score of 103-52. to Now, if you look at that score there, a little, you know, misleading in terms of kind of some, not scary moments, but some concerning moments in this game. We'll get to those in some of the seconds. We'll talk about stats, team, individual, all that and more. But let's get right into just some of the stories for this game and some of our things that we had on our mind to talk about. First off, Clint, I want you, since you missed your last show, to talk about your impressions of the Washington game, because I know it was such a big game for you. Uh, General thoughts you have from that because I know how much fun it was to be there because I was there with you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun and a team that is just going to be a ton of fun to watch this year. Maybe Washington isn't top 25 caliber. You know, it's it's hard to say this early on in the season, but it's still a talented team that will more than likely make the tournament. And Auburn just came out and showed no mercy. Like, you know, I, I if you would have asked me last week if I was on the show, I probably would have told you that was a perfect game. And I said the same thing. I don't know if you listened to my single uh, show, just myself on that one, but I, I said a couple things. I said, I think this is a game where Clint would actually ask and answer the question, is this a <laughs> uh, complete game? And I would get a yes out of him. I was pretty confident of that. You know, and the other thing I, I asked, too, in that episode was – is this Washington team that bad or is Auburn that good? I think it's hard to tell this early in the season. We're going to have to look at a body of work for Washington and Auburn before we make that assumption. So I know we won't remember, but it'd be interesting for us, you know, the last game of the season to come back and look at this full circle because honestly, Clint, I don't know what the answer is. I'm leaning obviously with my orange and blue glasses towards Auburn's that good, but I I don't know about you, but I, I don't really know where to go on that question. Yeah, I, I don't either. And, and no, I, I haven't gotten around to listening to your solo show. Um, life has been a little 
upside down and sideways recently. Quite literally. And quite literally. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I think it was a it was a great time at Auburn Arena. The crowd was electric. Um, I never did see any numbers if it was actually a sellout or not, but it sure felt like one in the in the arena. And you know, big kudos to the Jungle for continuing to be a menace off the court and just harassing teams. I know the Washington coach made a few emphatic points and was really complimentary of the student section. And, and that just, that makes my little jungle heart happy. <laughs> I'm glad your little jungle heart can be made happy by something <laughs> these days. Uh, but yeah, I agree. What an environment. And it was a sellout that they announced as a sellout. Now, whether that means it actually was, sometimes they just kind of like to say that, but I believe them that atmosphere uh, every seat was at least filled at some point during the game, whether they got there at halftime or whatever. What an atmosphere. 15 minutes late. 15 minutes late. You know, I, that's another inside joke for me and you. People are probably like, what are they talking about? But <laughs> just for me and you. Uh, but yeah, so that was a fun game. And if you have not, listeners, had a chance to go back and listen to that episode, please do so. I kind of share my thoughts on uh, that in not real time, but, you know, very shortly after the game. And I think you'll enjoy that. Um, but anyway, let's move on to this game, Mississippi College. Um, and my question to you is this, Clint. I'm looking at the schedule for us. I'm looking at the schedule for Mississippi College. You know, it's supposed to be just a regular game, but then all of a sudden you go over to Mississippi College's schedule and you see it's listed as an exhibition. But on Auburn's, it's not. What's up with that? I don't know. They mentioned this during the the TV broadcast that it was basically a half-exhibition match that uh, the Choctaws... um, Stats and record would not be affected by this game and that it would for Auburn. So there, there's apparently some rule in place that if if a Division two or three team plays a Division one team and maybe even a three to two team, that it can be counted as an exhibition match. Um, I'm not sure if it's required to or what, but I... I this is a new rule for me. I've never heard of this one before. Yeah, it's. Um, I was aware that when a lower division team plays, that usually doesn't count towards their stats, but I didn't know it had to be listed as an exhibition. So it, it's quite interesting to me that one person has to suffer, or team has to suffer the consequences of a game should they lose that game, but the other doesn't. It's kind of, you'd think it would go both ways on this, but apparently it doesn't. Uh, if but, only we had a, a safe cap on our rpi (laughs) yeah the first thing coach pearl said after this game was that this was the last game scheduled on this on the season because he couldn't find a quality d1 opponent that wouldn't hurt the rpi right so i don't you know that's that's a whole different world that i know nothing of yeah it can get really convoluted when you go into looking at the rpi and all that but that goes to show you how smart Coach Pearl is trying to be, and sometimes the situation just calls for it, that you've got to play a Division Two team where they have to have an exhibition game just because you don't want to play someone in Division One that's going to hurt you down the road, even if you were to beat them. Uh, so it's a lot of complicated process there. Nonetheless, Auburn gets the win. We don't have to worry about suffering the consequences of stats if uh, we had lost this game. We did not pull a berry like last year. That's enough said there because I'm going to get mad again, and we have things to be happy about in this game 
Um, Clint, my first question I want to ask you, like we do most of the shows now, was this a complete game? No. And why? <laughs> I mean, Auburn came out of the gates on fire. I think it was 19 to nothing before um, Mississippi College was able to even score a point. And Auburn played well in the second half. I think Auburn went on like a 35 to 2 run to start the second half and just demolished them in the second half of this game. But the maybe the last 10 minutes of the first half were just sloppy and and not playing great defense. Um, Sonny Smith was none too pleased by the effort on defense. Um, and, you know, it, I can see where the, the team kind of started slowing down. I mean, you're up almost 20 to nothing, and you're just running away for, with the game. Everything's going in. And then they just started chunking up three-pointers, um, lazy shots in the lane when somebody's wide open. And it, it took a little while for Auburn to get out of that uh, mentality. And thankfully they did. And they were able to run away with it again. So, you know, it's just any – if they would have done that against Washington, it wouldn't have been, you know, a 30-point victory. If they would have done it against anybody else – it's it's going to be a tough season. So right. you know, get it out now. Coach Pearl's got some fun tape to go over with this team on their plane ride to Hawaii. But, uh, you know, other than that, I was really happy. I will say this. I, that is not a plane ride I want to be on after having some, you know, questionable tape to go over in this one. Those players are probably going to be hearing it the entire flight to Hawaii, and that is quite <laughs> a long flight. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I would say that this wasn't a complete game based on how they kind of slacked off a little bit. But I want to give us a little bit of hope because you and I have been doing this long enough to know that when we see Auburn teams get lackadaisical against inferior opponents, um, they sometimes continue down that path and end up losing the game or they end up cutting it way too close. I think the difference that you're seeing here in this team is that they corrected themselves, not towards the end of the game, but with plenty of time left to run away with it like they should have. And I think that's a stark dis difference that you have between the teams of four, three, two, one seasons ago and this se and this team. It's, I think it's completely different and I'm very encouraged by it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I know Coach Smith said on the broadcast at one point that this team is not going to be lacking um, support. You know, you've got eight guys that could easily just rotate in and and just play to the best ability. And when you've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys going into to double digits, you know, and, and two of those guys or two starters not hitting ten points, I mean, it's this team has a lot of talent and a lot of weapons, and it could very well be death by a thousand knives against any of these opponents. It definitely could. It's a very it's a, a wealth of riches. It's a uh, good problem to have when you have too many weapons to use. Then that is definitely what Auburn seems to have at this point in the season right now. Um, with this game being a Division two game, they typically don't put these on TV, so it's or it's limited TV. You have to have access to it through your cable provider which is usually an upgrade stuff like so i didn't have it and i hated it because there's some great moments that i was listening to on this game that i hate i missed like malik dunbar's uh dunk but that gives you the opportunity to listen to rod bramblett and 
Sonny Smith. And some very rare moments from Rod Bramblett and Sonny Smith. They've pretty much got to the point by 10 minutes left in the game where they weren't even calling the game and where they were just like dogging each other the entire time. And I was like, geez, y'all be nice to each other at some point. <laughs> I love listening. Like, I, I think they do a great job commentating, but they at least mainly coach Sonny. Sometimes I'm like, coach, what, what's in that drink that you got there? I mean, come on. I mean, we're supposed to be talking about basketball, not you dog and rod the whole time. I mean, it was, it's pretty entertaining and funny. I couldn't ask for two better commentators. Yeah. You know, it's, I got to listen to them for a little while, um, but it's. I always prefer to watch it over listening to it. And and Brad Law and Coach Joe Champy were really good on the broadcast, and and Champy's got a really good input and and doesn't poke fun at anybody quite as much as Coach Smith does. But it's they're always a good um, team, and you know it'd be really nice if it was possible to have like the TV and the radio teamed up a lot better overlaid on the same channel right. kind of thing. And just, just flip back and forth every now and then get on that. Clint, you got that. You got me sold into it. I'll buy, I'll be your first buyer for that product. If you can bring that to fruition there. <laughs> All right. With it being the limited TV and game, I want to talk about some stats since I didn't get to enjoy them visually. And let's look at some team stats here. I'm going to do a rundown for us. And then I want you, Clint, to pick out the one that sticks out to you the most for team-wise. Field goal percentage, 46% from the field. 3.24% from the field. Free throw, I'm going to stomach this one, 66% from the free throw line. Uh, 11 turnovers to their 18. Points off turnovers, 32 Total rebounds, 66 to 35. We can break that down further later for that. Second chance points, 23 to their 7. Bench points, 52 to their 17. Points in the paint, 56 to 10. 17 fast break points, 7 blocks, 14 steals, 14 assists. I just threw a lot at you, Clint. What of those stats sticks out to you the most? Uh, easily the total rebounds. I yep. mean, 66 total rebounds. 43 defensive rebounds uh those are some pretty tall numbers and i mean heck we've seen games where auburn doesn't even hit 40 total rebounds let alone 40 on just one side of the ball right and i think that's a very impressive stat here um you know i'm always going to focus on my free throws and that's very ugly to me they did good and almost got that 80 percent last game so i'm sad to see them fall back to 66 percent here um, if I had to go to a stat that I just love, it's points off turnovers, 32 points. I mean, that's, well, if you had a margin of victory of 32 points and it came off of those turnovers, that's just, that's insane right there. So I love seeing the 32 to the 5 ratio there. That's the one that sticks out to me the most. But there are just a lot of stats when you look at it as a team here that it make, should make you very happy for uh, this program. And then we can break that down even further. Um, and go into some individual stats. Oh, but actually, before I do that, I, I, I did want to point something out with you bringing up the rebounds. I, I found an interesting point with the radio broadcasts. Coach Sonny Smith and Rod Bramblett brought it up that this team was playing a five-guard lineup, typically, against Auburn. Does that sound slightly familiar to you, Clint? <laughs> yeah, it it's sure like, does. It's like the days of old when we very started this podcast. All we were talking yeah. about was we got no big men. Let's not talk about that. 
<laughs> so it literally was the inverse where we used to struggle to get rebounds playing five guards, basically, or running your center, where, who was considered your center as your point guard. Let's not talk about that either. Um, I, I just so found much that for not talking about any of this. <laughs> I just found that an interesting dynamic that Auburn is now the dominant team, at least comparing this game. Obviously, <laughs> we're you know we're kind of comparing apples and oranges a little bit, but I just found that really interesting kind of turn of things after the last five seasons. Um, okay, individual stats. Uh, your stars were Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Chumo Kiki, Samir Dowdy, Anthony Macklemore. I think this is now the third game in a row we've seen this lineup. Do you like this starting lineup, or do you foresee Wiley eventually starting in the place of Samir Dowdy? No, I don't think so. I think regardless of the injury or the suspension to um, D'Angelo Purifoy, I think Coach Pearl would have put out his best five no matter what, especially with the past couple of years, how he's had to play around with um, lineups and chemistry and matchups. I, I think it's it's a point of confidence for Coach Pearl right now to have five guys that he says, "All right, y'all go out there, let's let's get going," right. and you know you don't have to play around with it. And um, you know you might see uh, Austin start, you might see. Uh, D'Angel start if it's um, matchup wise um, if we really need a 6-11 guy in there a little bit more than 16 minutes or if you want to get Austin closer to 30 minutes you might see him start right. but until then I don't I don't foresee any changes coming to the starting lineup well you know the old saying goes if it ain't broke don't fix it and to be oh, honest exactly. there's nothing broke with this lineup here at least your starting lineup and i completely agree with what well, you said well and there. it's there's there's one really interesting stat looking at this um starting five only two of the starters played over 20 minutes mm-hmm. chuma played 18 samir at 19 anthony at 19 and you know chuma only had 3 points anthony only had 7 they weren't truly as effective as they have been in previous games, but they didn't need to be. So, you know, again, you can look at the points and say, Chuma, you had three points, you're not playing, you're not starting next week, but that's just not how this works. That's not how Coach Pearl's brain works. Right. And I think it's more important, honestly, in this game, not to risk getting Chuma hurt. So that's why I think you saw him have a drop in his time played here and you saw Malik Dunbar get a little bit more time, or Javon McCormick get a little bit more time here. It's more spread out in terms of, uh, you know, minutes here and, and evenly distributed. The only one who kind of, and I won't say got the shaft in terms of time, was Wiley, and that's there's a reason for that because he's coming off of the suspension and his injury and trying to get back into the flow of things. That's understandable. But well, You know, I was, uh, I'm was i surprised that you said he got shaft because I was going to say he, he got what, you know, Anthony didn't play or what Chuma didn't play, and it's trying to feed him a couple of more minutes. I thought he had a lot of good playing time right. tonight. Yeah, and he did. And, and slowly working him back into the lineup. Well, and even in that limited time, Clint, he's our top scorer with 18 points. He's 5 for 7 from the field. He's 8 for 10 from the free throw line. That's my boy, Austin Wiley. I love that. 7 rebounds. I mean, arguably, and I don't think you can question that, this is his best game of the season so far. And quite frankly, his best game in a year and a half. Well, I mean that's that's an easy one, and you know he, eighteen points for the big guy in sixteen minutes. I think he had, you know, six points in his first two minutes on the on the court, and it's I think it's really important to 
if you're going to put Austin Wiley in the game, you need to use him. You need to make him effective. And he was really effective at least the first half when he was in the game. Um, you know, going up for rebounds, finishing the plays, making those free throws. He was getting hacked and going to the line. And, you know, if you shoot eight for 10 from the line, you're not going to see a hack a shack kind of game plan against Austin Wiley. Mm hmm. Yeah, how nice is that to have your biggest guy on the team be able to make free throws like that? And even Coach uh, Sonny Smith was pointing out, he said, you know, he's been a little off in his shot. And I and I look at this stat and say, you know, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love 100%, but I want that 80%, 8 out of 10. That's all I need. <laughs> so I love that Austin Wiley had such a great game and even such limited time here. But I have to give it up to my main man, Clint. You know who I'm about to talk about, Horace Spencer. Oh, Four- yeah. 14 points. You look at that, you're like, yeah, he's in the top three, four in terms of our scores tonight. Uh, had, you know, decent amount of minutes. Six for ten from the field. You know, not half his free throw shots. Missed a three-pointer. I didn't notice that until just now. That's pretty funny. But let's look even further than that. And probably the most important impact he had on this game tonight. Probably two important impacts. 17 rebounds by Horace Spencer alone. <laughs> wow you're gonna tell me Ooh. you can't if you have a reason not to love spencer i i, I can't even discuss have a, a coherent discussion with you i love me some horace spencer and i even made the comment to you he is really trying hard for me to make the statement clear for everybody to hear that he is my favorite auburn basketball player of all time i know that's weird i know that's like unheard of but what a great game by Horace Spencer. Yeah, super, super happy for Double Zero and, and how he played. Um, yeah, And I wish you would have been able to watch it because <sighs> Horace was on the court the same time as um, Austin Wiley a couple of times. So, And it was really weird because you had Horace playing on the wing. Horace Spencer should never be beyond the three-point line, but he played so well. He's guarding at the three-point line. He's getting rebounds and and just defending the best I think I've ever seen him play. Mm-hmm. And it's not how Horace Spencer or somebody of that size and lankiness should ever have played the game of basketball. And he did it so well. So I think I think we might have found a new role for Horace Spencer, especially if we can keep our our big guys healthy and you know that's this is Horace's first career double double um you know I, I couldn't be happier for for how he played I mean he, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch well you talk about finding him a new role and what just came to mind here I had an epiphany the one element I think that we were thought we were going to miss most of last year's team was the raw raw factor and that's a very significant thing from Deshaun Murray this undersized guy who who just played like he was seven feet tall and not just because of the way he got rebounds and things like that but because of his energy that he brought to the floor that's what Horace brought tonight that energy he gets from those 17 rebounds from picking the team up I mean really when you saw him come into the game when Auburn was in that lull it's like this light switch went on and everybody realized okay we've got to put this thing away like we're supposed to so honestly I think you're going to have a hard conversation all year if you were trying to give away a six-man award, but I think it's also going to be hard not to give that to Horace Spencer by the end of the year. 
because I don't think you're going to see him start significantly, barring some injuries, but you are going to see him have significant minutes and have a significant impact on this team, and that's why he's slowly becoming my favorite player on this team and quite possibly in forever. (laughs) I mean, when you've got four guys who could very easily compete for that, you know, sits man of the year award, it's going to be hard no matter who you choose. But, you know, I think, I think that Horace is going to see a lot of good playing time and honestly be used as kind of a trump card. You know, I think Horace is more effective in less time. Don't give the opponent enough time to kind of figure out how to beat him. Um, you know, just, just throw him out there when you need something different. When you need to change your pace, throw out Horace Spencer. Yep. And, you know, again, it was amazing and very weird to see Horace Spencer and Austin Wiley on the court together. And my my dream, as we're speaking right now, is to see Horace, Austin, and Anthony McElmore on the court together. But that's probably never going to happen chuma okiki add that in there as well i know that could we at some Whew. point clint have the reverse of the thing that plagued us for a year of just a lineup of guards to a lineup of big men i mean personally i feel like you could throw malik dunbar into that lineup as your point guard quote unquote and he's still a big guy what a lineup that is you know what you know what? just throw in cole blackstock for the heck of it speaking of cole blackstock how about my man getting about five minutes of playing time in this game what is going on here? You know, the walk-ons got him, got are coming him a nice, in. Got him a nice two rebounds. I mean, walk-ons are coming in, making awesome dunks in Parker. Cole Blackstock's getting five minutes. We've seen the walk-ons every game so far. What is going on with this? T- I don't even know who this is, Clint. I, I'm, I seriously don't. Like, <laughs> we're not talking about Auburn basketball. This is not what I grew up on. This is not the team that we've been following for years. This is just, okay, hey, hey, Kyle, I'm done. Kyle, Kyle. What? This is a good basketball program. I know, I know, and I just, you, I, I want to believe it, and I do believe it, but it's just, it's like too good to be true. So, anyway, while I come back down from my high, <laughs> last couple of notes here. Again, we already mentioned it, 100 points again for the team. That's the second time they got over the century mark this year. Time for the walk-ons. And again, oh, just by the way, we haven't even talked about Bryce Brown and Harper. We're not really going to have time to in this thing, but hey, they're just quietly leading the team. You know, nothing big. <laughs> At some point, we'll talk about them having a, a great game, but they're just doing what they do, scoring double digits. Yeah, yeah. good job, guys. <laughs> I mean, great job, Bryce well, Brown and Harper. I want to go back to the, the 100 points scored again. Um, prior to Coach Pearl's arrival on the Plains, do you know the last time Auburn scored 100 points? Hold on. I feel like we did it in the Lebo era. Am I right? No. Oh, was it longer than that? Uh-huh. Uh, um, it's got to be Cliff Ellis then. It was. It was 2003. Wow, that's quite some time ago. <laughs> but, but, but since Coach Pearl has taken over this team, tonight was the seventh time Auburn has hit 100 points. Twice this season, twice last year, and that might not be the last time this season. Stop it, Clint. I will run through a wall right now. I was already on a high. You're going to make me run through a wall. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I think that pretty well covers the Mississippi College game here, uh, beating the Choctaws by the score of 103-52. to 52. Briefly, let's take a look at not just uh, 
the Xavier game coming up, but the Maui Invitational and what we expect. Now, just to give you, the listeners, a heads up, um, just because these games are going to be back-to-back-to-back, we will not be doing individual episodes for it. We will cover it as a whole. I'm sure that'll be a quite a long episode. We might even like split that up into two. We'll figure that out as time goes. That's how we normally handle tournaments. But for the interim here, we will be taking on Xavier in the first game of the Maui Invitational. This coming Monday, the 19th of November, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me say that again, Eastern Time. I think people are going to go over there and look and see the Hawaiian time and not and then miss the game, basically. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN2, Monday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm so excited for this tournament, Clint. We've been talking about it all off season since it was announced. And Horace Spencer said it best in the postseason he thinks that this team is going to go to Maui and make a statement I mean I think so too you know you asked me that a couple weeks ago and I you know just casually don't want to get my hopes up but um, (laughs) Xavier is not as potent of a team this year as they would like to be and as many people have thought they would be Um, Duke is Duke and that's going to be difficult but this is this is such a good lineup of teams, and honestly, regardless of how the the game itself goes, this does nothing but help Auburn. It's going to help RPI. It's going to help strength of schedule. It's going to help you know exposure. I mean, this is the top pre early season tournament tournament in the country, and and Auburn is in it with really good teams and playing really well right now. So, you know, I think it's I think it's fantastic that Auburn's already got a top 25 win under their belt. Um, <clears throat> those kind of games are completely different than, you know, a South Alabama or Mississippi College or, you know, any other lower level team. And this this Auburn team is not going to be going to Hawaii fresh and green uh, and not having faced top tier quality opponents. And you could argue that Washington was not that, but they're still a top 25 team. They did something right to get to that ranking. And, you know, it's just we're going to see a lot of what the Sovereign team is about and what they're made of. And this this could be a very good springboard into the rest of the season and a good judge on how well Auburn's going to do when you can't escape these type of opponents in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I love that they're getting the ability to test themselves against the very best of what will be in the tournament so early on so they can gauge where they are at right now. Uh, and even though Xavier doesn't seem to be the Xavier that we're used to, it's still that program. It's still the potential they have there. They did just come off a loss uh, to Wisconsin. And, you know, Wisconsin's not ranked right now either. But I will say again, it's Wisconsin. It's the Big Ten Conference. you got to take that for what it's worth. They lost 77-68. to 68. Um, What's really more concerning for me for Xavier is they really didn't pull away from IUPUI, Evansville. I mean, just about not even 20-point margins of victory for them in those games. I, it definitely seems like Xavier is not having at least a great start to the year. Now, how they finish up, it remains to be seen. But if you're going to stop him, you got to watch their main player, uh, Najee Marshall. He's uh, number 13 of four, a sophomore who is scoring 14.3 points per game. That's who they're going to have to keep their eye on 
um, in terms of not letting them and multiple others have uh, really great scoring games here. Where are you, where we're sitting at right now, Clint? How confident are you feeling in the Xavier game? If I had to push you to say 50% confidence, something like that, where, where are you feeling right now? Jeez. <laughs> you know I'm going to squeeze it out of you. I mean, I, this is where it always bites me in the butt. If I told you I was 70%, it's not going to be a pretty game. If I told you I'm 40%, it's still probably not going to be a pretty game. So I just want to see a good game. You just want to see a complete game, right? <laughs> so oh, yes. Yes. Well, so here's what I'll say about this. I feel like this tournament, and, and I'm going to kind of reach here because I don't know how many hockey fans we ha- have out there. Oh, boy. But if you remember in the 1980 Olympics, I believe it was, with oh, the gosh. Miracle on Ice, where USA was the underdogs, Russia was the big power. So you would think, you know, in that type of story, they meet in the finals and then America eventually wins. You thought that was a story. Well, they meet in the semifinals. I think that's what you've got going on here. I think you will see Auburn play Xavier probably have a few struggles but i think they will win that not convincingly but just enough to kind of say okay we're for real i have this strong urge that we are going to beat duke i've said it right here that auburn is going to beat duke now i say that with the caveat being that i think we lose in the finals so that is the kind of correlation i'm trying to bring there it happened the same thing to the hockey team where they knocked off the best team in the olympics and the russians and then they ended up losing in the finals so that is uh, kind of how I'm feeling about this tournament. When they hear Horace Spencer, the heart of this team, say, we're here to make a statement, I don't think they're talking about Xavier. I think they've got their eyes set on Duke, and they know how important that game is, not just for this program, this team this year, but to make a statement that Auburn is for real. And I think they are ready to make that statement. Are you ready now, Clint? <laughs> well, no, because now you got every, you got this team uh, looking past Xavier. Which is and, why I think it'll be a rough game. And don't don't look past anybody in this tournament. I like the if if you're the Maui Invitational committee, you have to be so freaking ecstatic about this lineup. This is such a good lineup. This this lineup is probably better than the Elite Eight lineup that we're gonna get in March. I I don't disagree with that because I mean when you put in the likes of Gonzaga. Duke. Well, Gonzaga's is going to lose on the round of 32, so we know that. Uh, but that's that's true. But very true. Well played, sir. <laughs> well played. <laughs> so, Gonzaga, Arizona, Duke. Uh, you've got Auburn in there. You've got Xavier in there. Plenty of other great names. It just, it just feels like this tournament is going to be the thing to watch, even though it's going to be some of them during the middle of the day. Um, folks, if you're a college basketball fan, especially an Auburn Tiger fan, you do not want to miss these games get off of work call in sick yes i said that get up you need to watch these games it's going to be so much fun and i am super excited for it clint last prediction and you must say yes or no no exceptions does auburn win the maui invitational no and i'm fine with that because <laughs> you already know my scenario that i just laid out there i think we beat duke i'm saying it now i don't think we end up winning the tournament but how Awesome with that. So, be. so we're guaranteed two two games, right? We're guaranteed. I think we're guaranteed all three. I think you go to okay. a losers bracket and you play for third and fourth place. 
Okay. I think that's how it works. Just don't don't quote me on that, but I believe you get all three games. Uh, so that means that we'll have plenty to go on our resume for this. But hey, I'm super. Well, I, here's here's my prediction, and this is not a Maui Invitational prediction. Oh, well, it partly is, but this is a season prediction. I expect Auburn to face the Duke Blue Devils twice this season. I love it, Clint. This is the most I've gotten out of you in terms of predictions in ages, and I love it. I'm, well, I'm, the, the most since I claimed Daniel Carlson would win the Heisman last that's year, but that's that's a different story. Yeah, you know, that was kind of a, a, a bold reach there. I'll give you that. Hey, you asked for a bold prediction, I gave you one. And okay? you delivered on so many fronts there, and I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to be it. Breaking down the Mississippi uh, college game and looking ahead to the Xavier game mainly, but to the Maui Invitational. We are super excited and we'll be back with you after the tournament to talk about that. Before we get out of here, Clint, our contact information, you can find me on Twitter at TigerI24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24 and check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database at AuburnUniforms.com And that's all we have for you in this edition of Inside the Jungle, but until next time, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?